that's the, it's that melancholy feeling, right? Like I need to laugh again. I need to, it's that aliveness that I very much seek, but it's literally like, if I want to stay alive, <laughs> like I need to remove myself. Then, then you hang out with Joe Rogan. You hang out with Joe Rogan and shoot up some ivermectin. Oh, God. What is wrong with people? Yeah, I've been immunized. Folks, we are still in a pandemic. It's not over yet. Welcome to episode 209 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brewed pint, a fine wine, maybe a cider with bourbon, or whatever happens to be in your glass. On today's episode, the Reverends Ogan Holder, Shannon Weston, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens with a good brew in hand. And that good brew might be in one of these fine pub theology live pint glasses if you'd like one of these head over to patreon.com slash pt live uh, we got levels starting at seven dollars a month and i think at the 14 a month or 18 a month level whatever it is you can get yourself a pint glass as a thank you so that's patreon.com slash pt live and uh, when you do that oh you get great extra content like before and after the show banter uh like last week we had we had we had car tales uh uh between shannon and uh and and, and myself and um, earlier earlier on our um show uh, pre-show today um we were discovered we were discussing um uh, that wonderful uh, patriot aaron Rodgers. um so yeah you can dive, <laughs> dive into dive into some of that <laughs> and we'll probably bring him up again during the content of the show so uh patreon.com slash PT Live. This week we'll be talking about wasting time, speaking of all of this conversation, COVID <laughs> mandates, religious freedom, and more. So, what are we drinking? <sighs> um, I'm still, is this still pumpkin ale season? Yes. I'm doing yeah. Trogues, 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 Master of Pumpkins. Mm. Um, is Trogues, Maryland? Is that a Maryland brewery? Brewer, brewery? Mm. I want to say it's Pennsylvania. Yep. Yeah, I yep. think it's Pennsylvania. Close. It is. Um, so yeah, subtly spiced with cinnamon, clove, ginger, and nutmeg. Pumpkin beer that's worth the wait. Because apparently it takes a long time to plant, raise, pick, slice, and clean, and roast 3,000 pounds of local Pennsylvania pumpkins. So there we go. Master pumpkins. How's it hanging? I'm David Pumpkins. All right, Brian, what you drinking? Well, I've got the least fun beverage today. I'm on a bit of a cleanse, so I'm drinking a Limoncello LaCroix. Are you cleansing or polluting? I'm not sure with LaCroix. A hey. Limoncello? Yes, Limoncello. <laughs> Hi, lovely people. I'm in Amalfi Coast, and I'm going to make the perfect Limoncello. You will love it. Limoncello? I don't know. I don't know how to say it. But... Limoncello. I mean, 
Yeah, exactly. So I am away in West Virginia this week and I was going to go get a good West Virginia brew, but I decided that it is fall and I didn't want to leave the cabin. And so I have some hot apple cider with bourbon. Um, and this is a new, our new, what in our house is known as everyday bourbon. So there's specialty bourbon and then there's everyday bourbon Nice. and everyday bourbon is also like a mixer bourbon. And usually those are a rotation between old Forester, four roses and larceny, but we've added one recently. Um, and hear me out on this. Don't judge it by the name. It is Evan Williams's bottled in bond 100 proof. And it's, it's, cheaper than the others it's about ten dollars cheaper than the others and it is delicious actually um and a great mixer so cheers cheers, cheers. we cheers don't mind you. some bud budget friendly references uh, at all right <laughs> exactly i wouldn't i'm um, not so judging on the name if you'd said bottled and bondage that would have been a whole different no, thing but... no 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 i didn't mean i meant evan williams not bottled oh. and bond bottled and bond is actually look it up like google it it's a it's a Bourbon is one of the only um, beverages, specifically alcoholic beverages, that actually has, uh, like, it has to be made this way by law. Oh. And bottled in bond is another level of that. So you can look it up. Um, but anyway, it's the Evan Williams part I was saying. The more you know. Bum, 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 bum. The more you know. On to today's topics. So. What is your favorite way to waste time? Um, clearly you're watching the show, so this is one of them. Um, yeah, this right here? Will, this right here. Um, will you look back at some point and regret all the time wasted? Um, so I am, I, am, I am coming around and realizing that nothing is a waste of time. Hear me out because, because the term waste of time has a very close connotation with the idea of laziness and I am pushing back against all of that. Yeah. Right. Like I am proactively resting. I am proactively self-caring. I am practically engaging in something that has no intrinsic meaning, just brings joy to my life. I am not wasting my time doing anything. I've never wasted any time. That being said, I'm not getting those Tiger King hours back. <laughs> Nobody's getting those tired. Nobody's back. getting those And I have to decide back. whether or not I'm going to waste another five hours on the next level Tiger King. Oh, we have to. We got to do another special. Come on. Like, oh, wow. oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Um, I was going to make a joke about only a lazy person puts that much effort into defending no um, wasted time. But then I realized that, like, that takes effort. And that's a contradiction to the lazy there person. Boom. Comment, so. There you go. I you're, you're, good. you're welcome. <laughs> I love it. Well, if we're talking about watching things that might be considered a waste of time, uh, I have watched uh, more Detroit Lion football this season than um, ah. you might recommend, given they are oh, and however many, and all the jokes went around that they even lost to the bye week uh, this past Sunday. So. Oh my God. I was just going to say, you did not respond to my text about that. Um, I sent you a text where so it was the score and it was detroit 
Lions like 23 and then the bottom was by week 27 and it was, I it was very see, yeah. funny. I, I missed that when I went to open it it said this attachment has been removed so it didn't let me oh, see it. I'll screenshot it then yeah all um good. <laughs> I don't consider football a waste of time football watching a waste of time no I, I, I don't either, if I but... would consider it a waste of time the Lions would be a waste of time <laughs> easy <laughs> then you're lumping in Derek for Sunday so just saying Derek just said, wow. So anyway, <laughs> um, um, I, see, I was going to like, if you remove favorite, the like standing in line at the post office, like that's a waste of time, like um, mm. things like that. But like, I don't go grocery shopping anymore because I feel like it's a waste of time. Like I don't. And to Ogan, to your point, like doing things that bring calm or peace or like even binge watching terrible TV shows that really at this point in our lives are self-care things, then I don't see those as a waste of time. I think my more regret at wasted time is like staying in relationships longer than I should have. And that being a drain on my energy in my space or staying in a job longer than I should have, or, you know what I mean? Like those, yeah. I feel like are yeah, that's yeah, wasted yeah. time that I feel like I will regret. Right. Know? Right. And it's I'm a great, to get Tiger King hours back, but it's also it a was, great breakup line. You have been such a waste of time. You are such wow. a waste of my time. Wow. <laughs> that escalated quickly. <laughs> it's not you. It's you. <laughs> it's not you. It's that I'm more valuable than you. And more specifically, my time is more valuable than you. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> See, That's now, again, <laughs> for me, no, no, no regrets, though, because here's like uh, grocery shopping, even stand in line at the post office. Yes, we could see that as chore, drudgery, quote unquote, waste of time or or we can be more intentional about what happens during that time. So here's what I wake up just about every morning. I get my cup of coffee. I get the kids off to school and I scroll through social media for like an hour. Hey, oh. And it makes me anxious and it makes me worried about the day. And yeah, there's a couple of cute kids or some animals or a garden or whatever, but I spend time like that to me is wasted time that changes my day that I no longer like at this, like I've, I've removed Facebook from my phone again and I've, like I'm journaling again in the mornings where I just, you know, free write for a couple of pages just to get the thoughts out. And I just don't start my day with that kind of crap. Um, not that you all are crap on social media. The people aren't crap. No, it's I love like, it. Like, I like it. I like it's it the, it's what I, I'm not talking about the people as much as I'm talking about the like, article after article that are the same article and then right. everybody's different commentary on it making ads. me like feel a certain way and the ads over and over again and then even just like the ickiness right now of being on Facebook and what I know they're doing to us and purposely and their algorithm stuff and and even Instagram which has been a refuge for me like social media wise I love Instagram because I love photos anyway 
but just seeing that in a moment of like, sometimes, yes, I get on and look at it, but I don't, do I really need to be doing that first thing in the morning that is precious time for me anyway? Um, when I, you know, when I really, is it really starting my day off right? Blah, blah, blah. So that's yeah. kind of, I guess, my answer to that. Once you put your head into the metaverse, it's hard to, hard to leave for the rest of the day. <laughs> so meta. Just meta. So meta. Just meta. Just meta. But, but, but in all your scrolling though, do you not sometimes come across good things, heartwarming things, things that friends have posted, good pictures of their kids. I was scrolling the other morning and see all those awesome pictures that you took with your family that were absolutely <laughs> friggin' cute. I liked them on Facebook and then again on Instagram, right? So, so well, yes, and that's, those- that's where Instagram scratches my itch, right? Is I get that. Right, but the point is, yes, they were buried in a, in and among the the other thing. By the way, let's let's just block more stuff we don't want to see. But but they were buried exactly. in all that in all that stuff. So so yes, in that 15, 20 minutes of me scrolling, if there was like maybe five minutes worth of really good content in there, I don't consider it a waste of time because I wouldn't have seen it otherwise. So so that's and that's I think where I'm with it. No, but I think your point is valid. It's just a matter. I think it's a question of where someone is. Like my stress level at this moment is so high that the good doesn't outweigh the bad. Gotcha. If That's I valid. were That's at a valid. better stress place, yeah. you know, the good would, I'd, be, I'd go on, I'd look at the good and I'd, I'd be able to ignore the bad, yeah. quote unquote. But, but it's just, you know, things are, it's too much right now, if that makes sense. This, this, this qualifies as overshare, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a toilet scroller, you know, so my, I do my scrolling during my morning constitutionals and that's never a waste of time. There's, there's waste, but it's not time. I've heard of toilet scrubbers. Yeah, yeah. Now there's the toilet scrubbers. There's that, there's that, there's that bit, there's that bit moji of the dude sitting on the toilet bowl scrolling. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's where we're at. That's you. Every morning, like clockwork, man. Okay. <laughs> on that note. On that note. Last week in Texas. <laughs> I mean, I feel like a lot of things are starting out with last week in Texas. Last <laughs> week, Texas voters overwhelmingly supported a measure barring governments from taking any kind of action that limits religious services, such as public health orders that shut down houses of worship and businesses earlier in the COVID-19 pandemic. Amanda Tyler, executive director of the Baptist Joint Committee, said his measure was overwhelmingly broad and unnecessary and sends a quote, damaging message that religious people are more concerned about the specialty treatments than about the good of their communities, end quote. Do you agree with the stance of the voters or the concerns raised by Amanda Tyler? And then, of course, we're going to add in what about the stances of Aaron Rodgers, which we will get to. Let's stay with the churches for a little while. Um, so this really comes down to a question about religious exemption yeah. and where it stands in our current world. So I don't. That was I don't a big swallow before I talk. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I don't. I don't believe that religious people are more concerned about special treatment than about the good of their communities. I don't. I don't believe that. However, I also know I can't. This is me as a pastor of church. We can't always be trusted to make the best decisions for ourselves because we are so emotionally driven 
mm. right? Like like any other group of people in communities, we are so emotionally driven that we don't want to do the hard thing, right? We don't want to do the hard thing of looking out and being our brother's keeper. So therefore, let's not come together in church. We also fear driven. So for a lot of communities, if we don't come together and actually have church, how are we going to get the money? Right. So there's so there's that piece of it. And and and, you know, facts bear that out. Churches took big financial hits uh, during 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 COVID. So so I I I think that, yes, we should not exempt churches and also give a lot of religious exemptions for people to not have not take the vaccine, to not wear masks, to not to not shut down because Yes, there's church community, but the church community is part of the broader community. So you 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 have to have that bigger picture. So you're arguing against the Texas uh, law. Well, um, that yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yeah. I don't think churches should be exempt uh, right. from from the public from the public health. You think um, the state laws. should be able to say because of public. Safety, safety public health yes. concerns you cannot do x at Abs- this time yeah absolutely absolutely yeah and i i agree i mean i really do I, and honestly it might have been easier or actually it was easier living in a state where they did say that right yeah. like yeah. the right. decision was taken out of my hands i like we even now we're still under certain restrictions you know that are you mean being your lifted. church wasn't out there protesting saying set us free it really wasn't. I would love to have the country opened up and uh, just raring to go by Easter. <laughs> However, I'm going to disagree. I think um, I wouldn't even say the majority, but I, I think it's an interesting statement to make that says religious people are more concerned about special treatment than they are about the good of their communities. And obviously that is not um, exclusive, but isn't, hasn't this, this is the current reality of it. The pandemic is the current manifestation of it, Yeah. but hasn't that been the case for, haven't we been talking about this for decades <laughs> right. that we're more concerned about the pristine things of our buildings? So we can't let, we can't have a soup kitchen here because what if the homeless do something in our building. I mean, I know churches that won't have a preschool that their community needs because their building is too precious for children to mess up. I mean, this, like, I don't know that we are as concerned about the good of our community as we should be, quite honestly. So I think the point is taken as well. So when you said disagree, uh, I'm I'm not sure what you were saying. Disagreeing with Ogan. Ogan is saying... He doesn't think that statement is fair. And I saying in the in the broadest of sense, yes, you will find those isolated churches, of course, who who, you know, got got that stick up their ass about things like that. Right. But I, I think I think big picture uh, church and and how are we reading community? Are we are we referring to the the church community itself or the or the broader community Probably beyond the and. church walls. I was going to say, I think this is a both and. So if it's um, a both, if it's a both and, no, I, I, I don't think. I mean, let me again. Let me put it this way: I don't think they're concerned, more concerned about special treatment. I just think that COVID just triggered a lot of their fears, and and made them and made them push back. But if you were under normal circumstances, 
I don't think those would have arisen. I always I, I always say COVID is both disruptor and accelerator, and it got us yeah. really to the point of, you know, where where we were going eventually, <laughs> you know, in terms of how churches have had to had to adapt to to the pandemic, and if and you have to be able to adapt without endangering people, <laughs> right? Uh, and, as well, but but so she's not saying that all churches are are you know more concerned about special treatment. She's saying this particular measure that was passed measure. in the Texas House mm -hmm. is an example of seeking special treatment more than seeking the good of the communities. And on that point, it's hard to disagree, I think. I think westernized churches, particularly American churches, believe that they're pretty, pretty princesses. And that <laughs> that the separation of, uh, like this whole, this notion of separation of church and state has become so um well it doesn't exist let's be clear i mean but it's just like it's not the right it's it's like the second amendment the spirit of the law and what is happening to it now are completely two different things and but we have we all as a church kind of do live in this world where like you can't tell us what to do that's yeah. not you know whatever and 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 it has that slant to it. It's almost the Anabaptist slant, right? Where there, we believe that we have total autonomy and we don't. Right. And because I, I be, think and we that's feel that, and we feel that because God, we are, we are, we are, we are the body of God and Christ and God supersedes all even, even man's laws. And, so, and so, okay, I am going to connect this to Aaron Rodgers because this was my big issue. My big <laughs> issue was the interview that he gave where he sounded like a complete whack job, by the way. Um, <laughs> like, so he said, I don't know what the big deal is. I mean, everybody in that room is vaccinated. So what's the problem? I don't need to wear a mask. Mm. And it's that that statement in and of itself is one-sided, right? you're all vaccinated so you're all protecting me yeah not only that why but would if... i need to wear a mask yeah i've been immunized because no. god forbid we think of it the other way that right. you would need to protect other people exactly not to mention that if everybody rolls in with that mindset nobody's getting fucking vaccinated <laughs> but that i mean that's a little bit of like how the church is aaron Rodgers in this position like we can do whatever we want because all of you are protecting us right <laughs> yes we are so special that we need to be protected yeah that's how special we are so yeah. no i don't i don't think religious exemption is a good argument here you know it, no, no right no no it isn't and there may be spots right where yeah we don't want the state to tell us what to do if it's a if it's a thing that you know crosses our values or or a thing that endangers the safety of our communities. But this is the opposite of that. This is for the well-being, not only of your church members, but the people you're seeking to serve in your area neighborhoods. So what's 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 been interesting now is so and and I was talking to Brian with this in the pre-show. Um, what's interesting now is now that we have vaccines and people are vaccinated, some, most, depending on where you live in your church, probably vaccinated. In some cases, maybe not, but then, you know, we have states with their various mandates and people are watching uh, transmission rates and so on. We find ourselves in this position where um, breakthrough, breakthrough cases are a reality, 
but because rates are down low enough and um, you know most people in your community may be vaccinated or whatever do we still wear a mask do we still keep our distance like we're in this we're in this fuzzy space right now and give the example so so um i'm helping out folks here in in my church in unity of gaithersburg and and we have services in person now most people are i think vast majority of people who are showing up now are vaccinated some even boosted um some still wear masks some don't but i was having a conversation with a group of people where i was standing there and i'm wearing my mask and they aren't and somebody asked me why why are you still wearing your mask and they just see you got boosted i'm like because we're still in the pandemic and breakthroughs are a thing and i'm gonna be talking with like 30 people today whereas you might be only talking with like 10 and i'm trying not to bring this home uh to you know my girlfriend's mom who's in her 80s like there is there is we're still in this thing so so part of it becomes now at this point especially if you're someone who's vaccine boosted what is what is your risk tolerance what is your risk assessment what are you what are you willing to go like i'm gonna get back out in the world in this way maybe with a mask maybe without a mask i don't know because right now we're in that space where there's no there's no real direction here um, I think for for a lot of a lot of places, people people still have their own risk tolerance, and it varies from person to person. There are times I feel Let like me... we we went like like when I went with you, Shannon and and Derek to go see uh, the Roots, right? We're I'm vaccinated. We're in this theater with a couple probably thousand, plenty hundred people. And I was like, I'm wearing two masks because there's a lot of people in here. We all up on each other, right? If I, I'm vaxxed and boosted, if we were to go to a concert like that again, I probably would do the same thing because I don't know if I'd be one of those people for whom a breakthrough case happens. I'm not willing to risk that. Now, am I gonna wear my mask walking in the grocery store or something? No, I can still keep my distance. So yeah, it's 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 this weird, I ironically enough yeah personal choice in terms of how we navigate this now but i think your personal your personal application comes after you get vaxxed and before. if you went to a concert in texas then you wear body armor also seriously well, you a whole other issue let me let me add in let me add in this next question because it it's all part of one big you know mm-hmm. conversation So two prominent evangelical seminaries are challenging the Biden administration's vaccine mandate in federal court. Al Mohler, who used to be my neighbor, and I wish I'd never had to say his name again, president of Southern Baptist Seminary, says this, it is unacceptable for the government to force religious institutions to become coercive extensions of state power. Meanwhile, in Vatican uh, City, it enforces a mandate for vaccinations and COVID-19 testing. These are contrary um, stances by religious institutions. And the reason why I wanted to bring that in is because when we're talking about churches and church communities and state laws and federal laws, and whatever else, it's not just about a personal decision, right? It really is about good of the whole. And I would argue back to Al Mohler that, which I've argued with just about everything he's ever spoken out loud ever. You know what, I want want some stories in the post show. (laughs) (laughs) 
Southern Seminary is a, anyway. <laughs> so um, I don't disagree. Part of what church and state did was it, like people think it protects the state, which it does. Although we have far since crossed those boundaries. Yep. Thank you very much. Evangelicalism, 1970s. Um, what it also protects is it protects me standing in the pulpit that I can speak out in a way. Now I wouldn't necessarily do this. Let's, let's make it more realistic. I can speak out in my clergy collar on the street corner against an administration, against a president, against a whatever, and not be arrested for doing so. Right. Yes. I am not only protected as a freedom of speech, I can, as a church be a, like, be a representative as a clergy person of the church and be protected under those freedoms. My church can write letters to administrations and say, we disagree with what you're doing. They are protected. That is to me, not what is happening here. No. And so his statement is one that is about a state overstepping its bounds to the church that I don't know is applicable in this situation. And they're suing because they're so like, not only are they disagreeing, they're taking them to court. Because they're batshit <laughs> crazy. That's next level. Uh, this is the seminary. This is the seminary that fired all their female professors, yeah. and then twenty years later, fired all their female staff people that were unmarried because women should be at home. I'm sorry, women wow. that had children. Excuse me, yeah. women that had children. Wow. I've actually visited. Visited there once. Had a friend who was was a student there. So so let's just say I used they, to work they out got, there all the time. They got bigger <laughs> problems. They got they got bigger problems. But I mean, but, listen. But at that this is point, no longer the rule at Southern Seminary. If people are going to fight back on that, that is no longer the rule. But it was at one time in the okay. early two thousands. Wow. And and to your point, Janet, it's really hard pressed to separate um, a a movement um from the politics or a particular party these days given you know certain denominations of evangelicals are you know hell-bent on supporting certain candidates candidates trying to you know overthrow roe v wade candidates who are again um anti anti-vax anti-mask all these sort of it's really it's 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 really challenging to separate those two because you you don't you don't know that you don't know that their motives are are genuine anymore. Yeah, and these are people who are very closely aligned to specific politicians, mm -hmm. like in a way that our churches, our denominations, our pastors are not. Like exactly, I mean, exactly. the governor of Maryland is Presbyterian, but like nobody is aligned with him, like walking with him, doing you know, propping him up in the way that the Southern Baptist Convention, for instance, props up certain specifically very conservative Republican politicians, yeah, and no, literally sorry. come having them come and speak in their churches and. You know, every, and endorsing them in these ways that like none of our denominations are doing exactly, which I thought wasn't the thing you were supposed to do. But um, but then there's also the what yeah, I'm, we're what not. I'm, you know what I've been reading a lot now is though there is the schism, for example, within a lot of mega evangelical churches, 
who, because they want to keep church going, are telling their parishioners, get vaccinated, right? Right. And these are people who at one point were big Trump supporters. And and now it's it's they're not falling in line with the anti-vaccine narrative because they're like, mm, no, we want to have church. We want to keep our people safe, get vaccinated. And so so there's there's a schism happening um, um, with within certain movements uh, around this. And um, and then there's also the whole like, you know, m- I don't I'm not getting the vaccine because I want a religious exemption, even though. I could maybe count on one hand the actual number of like religious denominations and movements who are who in their doctrine is anti-medicine anti-vaccination right um so that's also a whole thing i got in a big fight with a congregant a while back when i was in massachusetts because he wanted me to write a religious exemption right for him for yeah. not getting getting the getting the vaccine even though he was going to work in a healthcare uh, yeah, job that's, that's he's crazy he's like he didn't want to get vaccinated it's like dude i can't i can't do that our t- there's nothing in our denomination and our teachings that say we don't we don't agree or support that so right sorry right. and so get vaccinated um, oh so it would be the opposite right Right. Briefly on the uh, speaking and politicians speaking in churches, when I was running for office, I had the opportunity to speak in a church as a, you know, since I was running for office and I didn't feel good about it. I'm like, I wouldn't allow this in my own church. Like I would mm-hmm. never have a candidate come and speak about well, their run. Right. And let's be clear. There are many progressive churches that do allow that. I mean, mm-hmm. particularly yeah. in the black church, that is, that yeah. is part well, of and that history. was That's where I was. Yeah. And part of their understanding but there's very specific rules around what you are there to do, right? right? What you are there for and what you are there to do. And and again, arguments could be made about that. And I, I don't know, it, I don't wanna just sit here and say one is right or wrong, yeah. but you know, there is, if you watch two, those two different politicians in those two different churches, there is a difference and just watching the two different speeches, you would be able to see it for yourself. Yeah. You know, and um, I, and I made it, I don't think I I sort of, you know, accepted it by, by saying, well, I'm a pastor. And so I more kind of introduced myself and I'm a pastor and it's great to meet you all. Oh, and by the way, I'm, I'm doing this other thing, but I didn't spend that much time on that. I mean, I've had people come to spaghetti dinners or pancake breakfasts who were running right. for office that wore their button. And I was like, you can't hand out flyers. You can't hand out literature, but you're who you are and you're welcome to sit down and talk to anybody you want to. Right. That's part of our thing. So, yeah. you know, it just, we're human and politics. And, and you, I'm also the person that says the Bible is full of politics. It's all politics. Right. But there's a difference than in what we're talking about. Right. All right. Switching gears a little. Um, our old friend, Brian McLaren says, what we all want is pretty simple, really. We want to be alive, to feel alive, not just to exist, but to thrive, to live out loud, to walk tall, breathe free. When people say I'm spiritual, that's what they mean. And I think, I, I think is simple. I'm sinking aliveness. So do you think that spiritual and aliveness kind of go hand in hand? Yes. Yes, I do. 
Also, this this really sounds like a Viagra commercial. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> right. I know. I thought that too. I was like, mm. what? Are, what are we selling right now? <laughs> a new kind of ED medication. It's really like well, wow. For sake of for sake of time Here's and reality. space, I I cut out uh, some some of the best parts of that quote. So. In when I listen, when I read that right away, the image of people in bathtubs sitting overlooking, <laughs> overlooking the pastoral it's mountains a... came to mind. <laughs> Picture yourself well, here. I, you know what's interesting is like I do think what we want is pretty simple, and I do think what we want is to feel alive. I don't think feeling alive is simple though. Like mm. I think it's extremely well, well, complex. And maybe that's the disconnect. Back to that first question about wasting time, right? Mm. Like, like I think feeling alive is doing the things that bring you joy. And and we get caught up in, I mean, this is America. We get caught up in this, in this, like our value is our value is our productivity, right? We equate equate our value and our worth with 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 how much we're working, what are we doing? Checking off the you know the to do list and 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 achieving and climbing the ladder or you know putting product out, even if it's just like you know in like we read about influencers for example who are like just totally swamped and overwhelmed with with producing content. It's this whole thing about producing and you know that 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 whole idea has you know very very like deep roots in racism itself but but this is this is what i'm this is what i think is the connection here i feel alive when i am like walking around the lake and 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 taken in nature i feel alive when i'm at a concert i feel alive you know when 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 i'm reading a watching a really like invigorating tv show and one can argue if you're using productivity as your standard that those are all waste of time Right. So, so I, but then I, the Viagra I, commercial comes on and well, that's never a waste of time. Right. I feel, I feel alive when we're, when I'm having sex with or without another person, that's like all of that's aliveness, right? That's that, that speaks to the pleasures of life. And I think spirituality is that idea again of, of recognizing our connection with something bigger than ourselves without all the trappings of religious dogma, uh, theology, uh, fitted into a spiritual, uh, a church community. That's how I define spirituality, a very, a very personal identification with that, which is bigger than us. Um, and then, and then re religion is like, now, now we're, now we're trying to codify what that bigger than us is. And the theology is us, us haranguing over what that looks like how we define it and all that and i think some people just don't want to get into the weeds on that there are three of us we love the weeds on that like like we gonna well, we gonna build our home in the weeds but i think that's my issue is like everything you just named also makes me come alive but i but there are escapes from my life and like i'm not a we need to get you a produce. we need to get you a life you don't want to escape from. How can well, we help? How can we help you? Okay, but like I live in a reality where there's four children and there's bills and there's a and Sunday's church coming and Sunday's I, listen, coming. And I got bills too. I got Sundays. I I just and, and I, know, I, we're, I we're recognize, not. but I do recognize that this is a season of my life, right? Mm -hmm. I also recognize that. 
And, and I understand that, but like, I think that one of the, but even when people come to church, they're like, oh, this is the hour that I just get to sit and I just get to be. And like, they're seeking that same thing within or inside or outside of the church. Right. But like, we're seeking that feeling. And, and the other thing I'll say is like, it's not just my life. Like I'm really, I'm, I'm really struggling with like long-term pandemic, right? Like, okay, this was temporary and mentally I know it's not temporary, but like, holy hell, I need this to end. And it's not the, it's not the mask wearing that I need to end. It's the mental constraint, right? It's the hard, it's the, it's the hard that I need family, expecting my parishioners. Like that's what I need to end. Whether or not there's a mask mandate doesn't matter. Like that's the, it's that melancholy feeling, right? Like I need to laugh again. I need to, it's that aliveness that I very much seek, but it's literally like, if I want to stay alive, <laughs> like then, then you hang out with myself. Joe Rogan, you hang out with Joe Rogan and shoot up some ivermectin. Oh God, <laughs> what is wrong with people? But I get it. Like, I get it. You don't want to live like this anymore. I right. totally get that. Yeah. Right. But so that's yeah, I, that's anyway, that's what that's it, the struggle, and that's what I mean about risk tolerance. We listen, COVID is going to be around for well, no. a long ass time. We're not getting right. rid of this in a hurry. So, but that's not what I'm talking about. I guess that's where I'm sitting there saying, like, yes, it's a simple thing. What you're saying to say we seek aliveness. That's mm-hmm. not simple though. Like aliveness isn't simple. Like it takes work and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of what I'm trying to say. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I on the on the, the easy way is to say everything we do is seeking aliveness because we're beings who are alive and, and we do things that you know we do because we're alive. But I think um you want to find a way, and here's what I think Ogan's getting at and, and what you're hinting at as well, is that you want to oh, find a way peace to make br- it up, baby. Peace make it up. Make it all <laughs> wrap it up in a nice bow for us. Come on, let's hear it. You want you, well, you want to make the things you really love and enjoy the things you get to do a lot of. And so that's when your vocation can sort of dovetail with what you're passionate about and what makes you feel alive and how you spend your time. If, if all those things can sort of flow together, then you're in this ideal state of of joy and, and motivation and feeling alive. But the reality is most of us don't live in that space as much as we would like to. But, and, but here's the thing, you know, parenting notwithstanding, we have a say in that, mm-hmm. right? We, we, we get to decide how we spend our time. Yeah. And if we can get away from, from the, from the, the 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 indoctrination of of producing and 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 doing and working and duty and and, and, and all that sort of thing we 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 might we might have a better balance so for example for example like you know i i love writing writing makes me feel alive i write for our denominations magazine unity magazine and i love writing articles for some reason they are still letting me write articles around like racism and stuff and i'm and 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 i'm not being gentle i'm like calling out my denomination about the poor job it's doing and about how our teachings are are being used as these horrible bypassing tools and they still are letting me publish this stuff, right? And I'm feeling alive, and but 
I got deadlines to meet and stuff like that. And like this week, for example, I forgot a deadline was coming up and I get the email from the editor. Hey, so do you think you'll have us an article by the end of the week? I'm like, shit. I was like, sure. Yeah, I'm working on it now. I'll have it to you tomorrow. And I'm up like till like 1130 midnight cranking out this article, right? That was not a lot of fun, but it that late. But but there was a sense, again, big picture of I am doing the thing that 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 feeds me, that makes me feel alive. So, yes, I understand when we have family and responsibilities, been there, done that, still doing it. Things shift a little bit when especially when others are dependent on us. Um, And at the same point in time, we we still have a say um in in the life that we create so for example like like i hear what you're saying shannon and right now you and your husband are in this like amazing looking cabin in west virginia somewhere taking a break right and and why are you doing the show with us because <laughs> like, i just missed two weeks a few weeks ago and i'm technically working this week like we're Darius writing his book and i'm working and but what I, I, I want to say something controversial um, that some of what we're talking about is it, it, there's going to be a divide um, on gender lines with this. Oh, sure. Like during this conversation, my sister just texted me that and with a text that said, I am so tired. Like there is a reality of, and I'm not saying men don't have responsibility. Oh my God, like we, and I think that's maybe even less talked about, not maybe, I think that's for sure less talked about the the needs to, the feelings of prov- providing and whatever, but just the part of the reason why I'm here, even though I'm working is the little day-to-day checkmark stuff that I do that I needed a break from. That is the difference between my stress being at a five and being at an eight. And I need a week that it's just at a five, right? So I I think that this, what we need that makes us alive is different per person, but also there are just realities based on season of life. I mean, if I were 25 having this conversation, this would be a completely different conversation. You know, it's like facts. If I were 65 having this conversation, this would be a completely different conversation. But, you know, anyway, but I, I totally agree with this quote in the sense that like, yes, I do think that even my religious seeking is about aliveness, right? And, and John 10, 10 has always been a beautiful, like I come to give you life and give it abundantly. You know, that's, that's the message scripture backs this up 100%. Um, So last, last issue of the day. (laughs) Uh, no big deal um eight people were killed and dozens more injured at a concert in houston over the weekend as a crowd surged towards the stage the concert was part of astro world music festival a two-day event that began on friday about fifty thousand people were assembled there on friday night when the catastrophe occurred have you ever been afraid or felt in danger in a crowd setting like that I feel in danger just thinking about it. I was. I mean, say, Sarah, you, we're in Texas, so you know the majority of them fools ain't vaccinated. I call them fools. I apologize. You know, so you know a bunch of them ain't vaccinated. Fifty thousand press into the small space like that, folks. We are still in a pandemic. It's not over yet, right? So first, of, there's that that just gives me the whole like sets my heart racing. Um, 
I've I've been at concerts. I've been in massive crowds before, but never in a situation where there's this uh, sort of like surge for the stage. Any concert that I've been at where there has been some sort of surge for a stage, I do my best as soon as I see it happening, I head the other direction. <laughs> like like I go to the side, I do something, I I, I get away uh, from that. It It is tragic what happened. And what's even more tragic is that in the moment there are people calling out for help, others are either A, not noticing, others not believing, um, it's 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 just been tragic. I was watching a story on CNN today about a a guy who lost his life trying to try and like in the effort to protect his wife from being trampled, and you know, and his family is like suing the concert organizers because they didn't have a plan for this, even though, and and this and I'm not tr- throwing uh, Travis Scott under the bus in any way, shape, or form, but even though when he's had shows in the past there have been stuff like this happening this is not on him he's not asking people to do this i'm not in any way shape or form blaming him but if you're a concert organizers and you know hey every time this dude has a show we get some people doing stuff like this why isn't there a contingency plan why are you still having a concert with fifty thousand people and we still have a pandemic in texas of all places when you know a lot of the people aren't vaccinated i am like this whole thing just blows me out of the water the closest i've come to this feeling which was not like i wasn't in the middle of a surge or a rush or whatever but the closest i've come is uh protests that i've been part of Mm -hmm. where there are tens if not hundreds of thousands of people and just the sheer number of people has made me anxious right yeah um and i'm not a i mean i don't get as nervous in big crowds i mean i do now but i didn't used to but like um i actually the march for women's lives um like it was just the number of people it was just standing on the capitol steps and watching um watching 600,000 people in DC or whatever that day like that just Mm -hmm. was overwhelming and like there was a fear that came with that and I had also brought our oldest who was eight years old at the time and so there was just this now we had I was with a group and we were all watching her and she was fine and she was safe but um but the very first um pro-choice protest I went to um in DC and seeing people there like um, what do we call them now? We call them, um, like alternate protesters. What are the, like, and, oh, oh, the, 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 the anti-protesters, the, yeah. uh, like the, you know, the yeah. people that are protesting against, against your protest. the protest. Yeah. Right. Like they were terrifying counter protesters, you know, counter protesters. Thank you. Like they were just standing there with machine guns, like whether or not they were loaded, they were like very scary screaming at you and yelling and like, that was terrifying. So that that's as close as I've come to that kind of environment. I felt I felt terrified in crowds twice. Once was at um, Obama's first inauguration. Um, we were living in North Carolina at the time. Um, uh, Jennifer was very clear that we were going to go to D.C. to be on the mall for his inauguration. Everybody we knew who lived in D.C. because we lived in D.C. before was like, yeah, we're not touching that with a 10 foot pole, but right. but we're going. We so we, we stayed at some friends. Um, and then we took the Metro in 
and as we were getting out of getting trying to get out of the metro station um there are these there are these elderly black women who are dressed in their church best because they're coming to see the first black president getting inaugurated it's like the miracle they never thought would happen and the escalators go out basically from all the weight and the use so they've got to walk up and they're having like all sorts of like heart attacks mm. they're fainting and the, and the paramedics are basically stopping people from coming up and the trains are just dumping people out so we are all like crowded on the escalators on the platforms, and just more people are being dumped out we're not leaving and we're getting squashed but the energy was just like we're all singing we're all happy it's a great thing but for me it's like if we don't let some people out soon there's some people who are going to be like falling on the rails here because we're running out of space the second time i felt endangered was when jennifer took me to a jimmy buffett concert in manassas virginia and i was the only black person there and i was scared for a whole host of other reasons yes that's yeah, all that's I'm, real. That's, that's real. all I'm gonna say about that. Wow. I was not the only black person. There was one other black person that we ran into, and it actually coincidentally was an old college friend of hers. So, so my wife knew the two black people at the Jimmy Buffett concert in in Manassas, Virginia. And if you don't know about Manassas, Virginia, uh, the 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 South is still alive. It's outside of Washington D.C., but some Civil War battles were fought there and the self shall rise again and yeah i'm scared for a whole other reason we were at uh obama's second inauguration and trying to just get along the route for the motorcade mm -hmm. uh after like parade slash whatever and uh and yeah it was insane so many people and everybody's trying to edge up to the front so they can see and you're just feeling pushed and our kids were with us and they were pretty little at that time that was eight years ago eight and a half years ago and um that that felt crazy and that's when you put them on your shoulders and you hope your back doesn't give out yeah. exactly. exactly and then i would um, say maybe being like at a, at a college football game uh where there's a hundred thousand fans and the potential of rushing the field i think is where it feels like okay this could go really bad in a hurry this is why sometimes I'm glad I'm an introvert, right? Because as an introvert, it's like, it's uncomfortable enough for me to be there, but there's no way in hell I'm doing anything extra in that moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just tragic because it's this, you know, it's this thing people attended seeking aliveness. Yeah. And some people died and many others were injured and it's just such a tragedy because it's meant to be this joy-filled celebration of life and music and fun and no one imagines buying a concert ticket and thinking this is going to be the last thing i do they've got to start putting like attendance limits on these things like i know the space i don't even know if that will help though like i know the space will can hold that amount of people but if you if you know that this is a possibility like like what are the plans you're going to put in place are you going to limit the amount of tickets you sell to limit the amount of people are you going to like at some point if there's a stage rushing shut the show down and tell people everybody take 10 steps back or we not starting this thing over again like there's got to be some some contingency plan in, in in place and i think it was pretty irresponsible not to have one so i don't i don't know it's uh 
it's a whole thing and and condolences to the people who who lost loved ones yeah. um at, at the show to your I point mean, that's, They're just going, that's that's where this yeah. there's no other way to say but like it's just tragic and yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Sorry to end on a, on a, on a, a Here, we'll end note, on a but... positive note. Um, I just got a second text message and now officially all four of our children have received one of one COVID shot. And our oldest has been vaccinated for a while, but the other three have received one. And in three weeks we'll receive their second and we'll be, we'll re, we'll be vaccinated. So love Huzzah. Thank you. We'll end on a little more positive. That's a positive note to end on. That's great to hear. Well, thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. You can show your love and support for the show by becoming a supporter on Patreon. Get access to pre and post show banter and more. Visit patreon.com slash PT live to get started. And of course, a big thank you to our current patrons. You can catch the show anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple and Google podcasts. Our top cities tuning in this past week, a new list coming in at number five, Scottsdale, Arizona. Number four, Indianapolis, Indiana. Next up, Lake City, Michigan. Fortville, Indiana, and the most listens this past week to Pup Theology Live were in Las Vegas, Nevada. Vegas, baby, Vegas! Wow, did not see that coming. <laughs> Me neither. There's so many other things to do in Las Vegas. <laughs> hey, there you go. Maybe some high rollers tuning in. You never know. And of course, you can watch us live Tuesdays on Facebook around 4.30 p.m. Eastern. And if you'd like to start a pub theology conversation in your town, check out all the resources and info at pubtheology.com. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Maybe if those are high rollers, we can, we can, you know. Maybe they'll be a patron. A patron. Or maybe they lost all their money. <laughs> exactly. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now after losing all that money? <laughs>